You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Breitman. Today, I'm sitting down with John Farragon to talk about a study that looked at rates of ARV treatment in long-term care facilities and how this might affect what we do for folks aging with HIV. Welcome again, John. Yeah, thanks, Mariana. Glad to be here again. So, John, this is a topic that we have not spent much time on specifically, nursing home use of ARVs, but we've covered many topics relating to aging in the past. It seems like, you know, this is a specific challenge for people with HIV, the access to HIV medication while in long-term facilities. Can you talk a little bit about um, the article that you looked at for this topic? Yeah, so I think this is an important topic, as you kind of alluded to, um, and I can certainly do that. Um, so this was, a, you know, I, I know some of our podcasts, you know, we cover conferences and we cover different things. And um, a lot of times we're covering guidelines, but this is, you know, every once in a while we do some um, like journal, kind of like journal club type things. And this is kind of one of the ones I wanted to look at. So um, for those of you who don't know, Nate, Nate Tap, the the treatment advocacy program, they do a lot on, on aging. And some of this came across in the last couple of months. But uh, this was a study that was published in the Journal of American Geriatrics um, Society in March of 2022. So basically, this is a, a retrospective cohort um, from 2013 to 2016. And that's important for us who are listening today to kind of realize the timing of this, um, of this um, look. Um, but I looked at HIV medication use in nursing homes. And so you know, obviously, this is an important topic as we look at patients as they as as our um, persons with HIV as they age. But what they did with this was to look at an uh, at all long stay Medicare fee for service nursing home residents um, who had what they termed a minimum data set assessment, and this is using this Medicare Master Beneficiary Summary file. So there's like files that Medicare collects on on patients. And they also looked at Medicare Part D claims, because again, remember that once you're on Medicare for in a nursing home, many of the medications are going to be covered under Medicare, the Part D claims. And they also looked at some other data sets, which I'm not going to go into, uh, to basically identify, identify people. So residents basically were followed um, from qualification of entry into the long-term care facility until they either, one of, one of a few things happened, they passed away, um, they disenrolled in Part D benefits, usually meaning that they um, either 
or getting medications through through another route may not actually be in the facility anymore. So if they're transferred from a long-term care to another healthcare facility, <clears throat> or if they reach the date of December 31st, 2016, which was kind of the cutoff for this. So using all this criteria altogether, the researchers identified just over 4,100 patients uh, or persons living with HIV uh, from just under 2,500 nursing homes. And then when they evaluated the use of, the, of HIV medications, this is really the important piece. Only 36%, so 1,500, 1,507 out of 4,171 had received any antiretroviral therapy regimen during roughly 12 months of observation. So that's really the big concern that I think this study highlights is that only 36% of people were actually on antiretroviral therapy um, or had received any antiretroviral therapy as well. So some of you listening may actually be wondering, well, how did they actually define antiretroviral therapy? So they had definitions for that. So again, remember the timing. So it's two, 2013 and 2016. Um, so they defined an antiretroviral therapy regimen as at least two prescription fills of at least three ingredient products. So NRTIs, NNRTIs, PIs, or other valid combinations. I remember a lot of the two drug regimens and out to 2016 weren't really being used. But <clears throat> at the time, really these regimens would make the most sense based on state of the art for antiretroviral therapy between that time period that that was that you know that patients would have been on so mariana the, the point with this is that these are all part d eligible people um with the part d benefit living in a long-term care facility so what that means is if they have a medicare part d you have prescription coverage um but still only one third actually received hiv treatment now, you people could argue that, well, you know, these patients are in a long-term care facility. It's kind of they're and for a lot of those patients, it's quote unquote the kind of the last stop right before they pass away. But nonetheless, I think there's there's a lot of implications for this, right? So when when I looked at this study, and, and there's a discussion section and, and it looks at it, other similar issues with long-term care facilities, lack of HIV treatment, but the sheer size of this study being in so many nursing homes, close to 2,500 with 4,100 residents, um, I think uh, it highlights this has got to be a problem and a major issue um, across many facilities and across many states as well. And I think it's something we have to think about as we move forward, and particularly as we think of our work with um, aging uh, uh, persons with, with HIV. So again, you know, really important, only a third of patients roughly are on antiretroviral therapy in these facilities. And again, something we have to really think about as we move forward. Yeah, definitely. This seems like a real problem for our long-term care residents. Did they identify any factors that were associated with patients not getting, you know, ARV therapy? Yeah, so so they did actually do that too, Mariana. So the, the nice thing about these studies, and it was, again, a very reputable study, they, they looked at factors that would be, you know, um, associated with people getting therapy or not getting therapy. So they looked at this in the study and found a few things. First, the evaluation was only for an average of 11.6 months or so 12 months. That's just an, that's an important piece of so just under a year. Um, but they found that older age, females, white race, and receipt of Medicaid, Medicare skilled nursing benefits were major factors for not receiving HIV medications. So females, older age, white race, and receipt, receipt of Medicare skilled nursing benefits. But in addition, there were some other major cardiovascular disease mortalities and mental health conditions were also associated with not receiving HIV meds. And as it relates to mental health issues, which I think is a concern as well, anxiety and schizophrenia were associated with less odds of getting actual therapy for HIV. 
I think what's even more important, though, I think, is when you look at the rates um, uh, at the rates of who got therapy versus those who didn't, it did not differ by end of life status. So what this means to me, Marianne, is that even for people who were identified as quote unquote terminal, meaning that you know they they had a short life, short span of, of time to to live, um, and particularly hospice care in particular, um, those uh, those rates did not differ by by the end of life status. So it, it tells us that a, there's really no real big discriminator, I guess, for why patients did or didn't get therapy. Just in general, the vast majority of people are not receiving treatment in uh, some of these long-term care facilities across across this wide group of, uh, of Medicare um, recipients. That's really interesting. And I bet I would bet that, you know, some facilities have higher proportions of people living with HIV in their facilities. Um, where was, you know, the rates of ARV receipt looked at based on those facilities with large populations of people living with HIV? Yeah, so I, I think this is an important piece as well. So, in fact, there actually were higher rates of ARV use um, were associated with the higher with the higher percentage of of, of uh, a persons living with HIV in facilities. So, if there was over twenty percent of of people um, uh, identified as w- with HIV in a facility versus less than twenty, um, those had higher rates, so higher percentage of people on antiretroviral therapy. Um, and also those with what they termed as an age unit, I know it's not an appropriate term, but it's how they termed it in the study, um, had higher rates of patients on ARV therapy. So Marianne, a few things also that did not differ amongst those that received ARV, and you think that they would, but for example, dementia, no difference, including Alzheimer's. So you would think that maybe Alzheimer's patients didn't get therapy. Well, that's not that wasn't true. It wasn't a major factor or discriminator. Bipolar disease, cirrhosis, cancer, the number of non-ART drugs, which was about eight to nine for both groups, also even receipt of hospice services also did not discriminate who got therapy. So it really seems to be kind of, I just kind of want to say it's kind of random, right? That only only a third of the patients in these facilities are on, are on treatment. And I think, you know, that the, the important piece here too is that that 20% of persons living with HIV in a certain facility, it kind of suggests that those those facilities with higher rates of of people um, who are living with HIV in facilities probably do a better job of getting people on therapy and keeping them on therapy. So what would you say are, you know, the overall implications of this study? Can you talk a little bit about how it affects HIV care overall? Yeah. So so I think, you know, all of us have different perspectives on, on nursing home care. And our experiences, I think, probably are, are a lot of times are maybe maybe related to our patients, but also maybe related to personal experiences as well. Um, and I think when you look nationally at nursing home care, it's just nearly, it's just nearly two thirds of long long stay nursing home residents did not receive ART regimens um, during close to a year of follow up. Now, this may have changed um, since this study. I don't know because I don't think there's any follow up of this data set. But the big risk is that high rates of non ART use really puts those older persons with HIV at risk for immunologic decline and even possible progression of HIV disease and even premature death. And I would argue that there's some of these studies that we've reviewed before, like the SMART and the START studies, which really looked at getting people, you know, kind of starting and stopping therapy based on CD4 thresholds, really showed that patients who are off therapy do not do as well. So it's clear that viremia is bad for person persons living with HIV and really puts them at a higher risk for non-HIV related complications. And those are renal renal disease, hepatic disease, cancer, cardiovascular disease, and strokes. All these are worse than those people um, who are starting and stopping therapy randomly. So in addition, as it relates to public health concerns, I also think about 
potential increase in risk of transmission to others, and especially other residents or even healthcare workers, right? As it relates to national treatment guidelines, right? These results show that the care of nursing homes and the recommendation for all to receive ARV therapy is not being followed at many facilities because, you know, we recommend rapid start for people. And more importantly, you know, continuing that therapy over time, getting people, keep and keep people linked. It's even part of our, part of our EHE plan, right? As far as getting people on, getting people undetectable, but also keeping them linked to care and, and maintaining that spiral suppression. Now, you know, no study's perfect, all right? So the authors do point out some possible bias and confounders in the study, and that's always possible with some of these database studies, but they did not have access to um, clinical information such as viral loads and CD4 cell counts. But you would obviously argue that if they're not in therapy, their viral loads would not be undetectable, and likely their CD4 counts, even in a, in a one-year time period, would probably be dropping. Um, they also didn't have access to whether patients preferred to be off of therapy. So maybe in some of these patients, in some of these two-thirds that are not on therapy, maybe their family said, you know, we can stop their ARV therapy. And a lot of times this does happen. We do see what we call deprescribing in some of these facilities. But I would argue that it's, I would think it would be very unlikely that two-thirds of people um, in people's families elected to have their have their 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 person with HIV living with them, you know, living in the facility to be off of therapy. I would argue that's probably not going to be that high. So that's really, I think, the probably the biggest um, the biggest concern that I have. John, as we begin to wrap up today, what else do listeners need to know about this topic? So I, I think to simply say that, you know, once again, another issue with care um, and for aging persons with HIV identified, you know, we continue to need to help educate providers on the importance of every treatment. And I think even for us as an, as an ATC, looking at um, some of the issues of potentially that are occurring in long-term care, and are we looking at them and, and should we be looking at them more closely to see what we can do for, for, for those patients um, uh, in long-term care. John, thanks so much for joining us and telling us all about the latest with HIV treatment challenges in older people with HIV in long-term care. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika AETC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nikaaetc.org. That's www.necaaetc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaaetc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaaetc.org. Stay safe, and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.